six weeks ago or so, and uh, maybe two months ago. And uh, we'll do some of those again, and so hopefully maybe they're, they're more familiar to you this time, and you can uh, sing along and uh, continue to build those uh, four-part harmony skills. So uh, we'll do a number of songs here, and then we'll have a children's lesson after that. All right, let's sing unto thee, O Lord. Uh, if you want to, you can stand up. Stand up, sit down, do whatever as you uh, feel led to. So, uh, guys, you're leading out unto, in the, uh, with the unto thee, O Lord. So, uh, and the girls, ladies will echo that. So be prepared for that. You ready? One person is. Where's my music? Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul, O my God, I trust in thee, let me not be ashamed, let not mine enemies triumph over Yea, let none that way on me be ashamed. Oh, my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Enemies triumph over me. Remember not the sins of my youth. Sins of my youth. Oh my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed of my enemies' triumph over me. Let me not be ashamed, let not my enemies' triumph. The speed of that should have uh, woken you up. Got the blood flowing a little bit here this morning. All right. How many reasons do you have to bless the Lord this morning? Can you come up with 10,000? All right. 10,000 reasons. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I worship your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Singing when the evening comes. Amen. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh 
As we do in our uh, normal, uh, usual uh, Sunday morning services, feel free to uh, share in between songs, uh, testimony, prayer requests, anything you might have.
Thank you, Tim. Yes, go ahead. Okay. Phil, would you like to lead us in prayer, please? You know, in life, we're all, we're all seeking something. We're all on a path that we're looking for something. And so many people, so many times each of us look for those things that really don't satisfy, at least not long term. But there is one who does satisfy long term. And this song talks about that.
your prayer this morning? If it is, I assure you that he will answer that prayer. Do you have any idea how much God, how much Jesus loves you this morning? Sometimes I think we we take that for granted, and and I think even you know those of us uh, who are married, we probably have all at one time or another somewhat taken for granted the the love of our spouse. It's it's an easy thing to do. It's just you know if it's there, we it's we tend not to sometimes put as much importance on it as as we should but think about how much Jesus really loves you there's a song that portrays that very well he left the splendor of heaven no Yeah. 
And you know that uh, that love can make a personal difference in your life. It can come down. It can fill you. It can fill you with his love and with his peace in a way that you will never forget. seated. Uh, kids, come on up here. Uh, the Lap family's got something for you. And I got a song for you to sing along with.
Oh, there's Derek. Perfect time. Can you find this on YouTube and then play it after we're done? This one right here. Thanks. Good morning, kids. This morning, we're going to do a lesson that Jesus gave to us. And this lesson is found in Matthew chapter 5. Actually, it's in Luke chapter 6, and then also in, in Matthew chapter 7. Luke chapter 6 and in Matthew chapter 7. But we're going to start with Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them may be compared to a wise man who built his house upon a rock. You know this story? Yeah, I know this song. Yeah, good. We're going to sing it together then. And the rain descended. Did you guys get a thunderstorm the other night? Yeah. Yep, we did here too. It thundered and boomed, right? And the lightning flashed, and then the rain poured down. Well, that's what Jesus said happens to every one of us in our lives. And the winds blew and burst against that house. Anybody's house blew away the other night? No. Nope. Why not? Why did your house not blow away? Because there wasn't a tornado. Oh, okay. It wasn't quite that strong of a wind. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's pretty scary, right? When a big tornado funnel comes at the house. And yet it did not fall. For it had been founded upon a rock. That's why my house didn't blow away. You know why? Because it has a concrete foundation that goes deep into the ground. Yep. So it doesn't blow it away. Yep. There you go. Downstairs is safe. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act upon them 
will be like a foolish man who built his house like a on where? Where did he build his house? The foolish man. On a rock? The foolish man did? No, that was the wise man. On the sand. He built his house like I build sheds. You know how I build sheds? We don't put them on foundations. We just set them right on the ground. No foundation at all. And if it would rain really hard and the wind would blow very strong, that shed would float like a boat. Because it has no foundation. Huh? Yep. One time, there was a flood here in Colorado back in 2013. You guys don't remember that, but I do. And you have a book about it. Yep. And guess what? I had built a number of sheds that were down close to the rivers. The Big Thompson River, the St. Brain River down in Longmont, and especially one down in Lyons where the, they got a lot of flooding. Guess where those sheds ended up? Way down the river. Do you think they were still intact? Nope. They were in pieces. Yep. That's what happens to our life when we listen to Jesus, but we don't do it. We don't do what he tells us to do. Yes. Wood does break. That's for sure. Well, let's keep reading. Verse 26. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act upon them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and burst against that house and it fell and great was its fall. Now, we're going to demonstrate that a bit. Lucas and Katie are going to demonstrate that right over here. You can come up and watch. And while you do that, okay, guys. Not very well, right? We don't build this one. Just kind of tack it together. Okay, like that. That should. That looks right. Sure, maybe something like that. The reason we're not building the one house wells, this is what Jesus said in Luke 6. Listen to this. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts upon them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation upon a rock. There's your rock right there. But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house upon the ground without any foundation and did not build it well. Look. Here, can you see? Look at that. Fell apart. Crash! So that didn't work. Okay, now, you want to try that? Or here on this one. The one that's on the rock. It just runs off. House is still standing. Can you see? That house is put together well. 
See, it's put together like it was made to fit together. See how well it was made to fit together? Well, we built it just the way it was made to be built. Yep. <laughs> yep, you can do one. Here, Tiffy. Let, here, you do it. Do it like that. There you go. Okay. Caden wants to try it. Let's give. Let's let Caden try it. There you go, Caden. Dump it in. It just gets muddier. More water you add. Okay. Okay, let's go back to our seats now. Okay, let's continue the lesson. I'll show you. Now, let's see how well you guys know what Jesus taught. Because what Jesus said was, if you hear my words and you do them, you'll be a wise person. And even though a lot of bad things can happen to you in your life, like storms bursting on your life, you won't fall apart. But if you hear them, but you don't do them, you're going to lose it. Your whole life will fall apart when someone does something like this. Let's see.
You're not? Okay. You just want to read it quietly? Right here it says it. Verse 30. See? Takes away your coat. Do not withhold your shirt from him either. Give to everyone who asks of you. And whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. That's what Jesus said. So the foolish person, Jesus said, hits back. Demanded back. What else did Jesus say? I think this has two L's, does it? What else did Jesus say in that chapter? What if someone yells at you real loud and calls you bad names? What are you supposed to do then? Never mind. Walk away. What did he say you should do? Yes. Call them names back. You think so? Let me, let's read what he says. This is what Jesus said. He said that when people do that to you, you should be the happiest person in the world. Uh huh. Jesus said, be glad in that day and leap. For joy, jump, because you're so happy that someone called you a bad name. No, no. For great is your reward in heaven. For they did that to the prophets, too. Did Jesus teach a little strange things? Yes. Yes, he did. You know why they seem strange to us? Why? Because they're not normal. They're not natural. They're not what we want to do. But they're what heaven is. What Jesus does in heaven. You know what Jesus said? Be kind like I am kind. Is Jesus kind only to you when you're good? No, he's kind to you even when you're bad. That's what he says. Your father in heaven is kind to the evil and the good. So you do too. In fact, Jesus said, if you love those, in verse 32, who love you, what credit is that? Even wicked people do that. You don't have to be a Christian to be kind to someone who's kind to you. That's normal. But if you do good to those who hate you and love your enemies... Then your reward will be great. You'll be a wise person and God will give you a reward in heaven. So the wise person, when he gets hit, he does not hit back. He offers his other cheek, his other things. When his things are taken, he gives more. When people yell and scream at him, the foolish man yells back. What does the wise man person do? What does he yell? 
He does say something. What does he do? He's happy. He jumps for joy. For joy. He's so happy because he got to suffer just like Jesus suffered. So that's the lesson for today. If you listen to Jesus' words and you do them, which one are you? Wise or foolish? Wise. If you hear what Jesus said and you don't do them, that'll be your life right here. Your life will be a mess. Look at that mess, kids. Who? If, if Jesus were to offer you this life right here and say, hey, you want to really live a good life? Here, why don't you have this as your life? Would you take him up on it? Nope. I don't want to be a muddy mess, a wreck. But if you act on them and you're kind when people are unkind and you offer your other cheek to them, then your house is like this. It'll stay strong inside. And you know what that does? That makes other people want to be with you and be strong like that too. All right? Okay, so Katie has these that she gave out to you, Katie and Lucas. And you can take those with you and you can color them. And then we're going to sing this song. Are you ready, Derry? Okay, we'll sing this song.
thank you, Phil, and the Lapp family for that uh, lesson. I, I heard it was going to be the Lapp family doing the lesson this morning, so I thought Lucas might be doing some teaching, too. I was kind of disappointed, Lucas. <laughs> Good job, though, guys. Thank you for uh, sharing that with the kids. Um, announcements. Uh, let me see. What do we got going? Lunch today, like usual. And John's going to be grilling some good food again, which is becoming pretty usual. So we're looking forward to that. Stay and enjoy the fellowship. Uh, there is coffee, tea, water, things like that back in the foyer. Help yourselves to that. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, actually, uh, Phil is going to be traveling this week. You said you're leaving Thursday. Uh, along with Ellie and Christy and flying to Norway. So uh, keep them in, in your prayers as uh, they're traveling over there. And this morning, Jason's going to be sharing the word with us. So uh, come on up here, Jason, and uh, we'll pray. And I'll let you go ahead. Thank you, God, for my brother Jason. I pray, Father, that you would... Speak through him this morning. You fill him with your Holy Spirit. I thank you for him and his life, and I pray that what he says this morning would be a reflection of, of you and of your word and what you have done in his life. So speak to us through him this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead. not trying to copy Ali, but this is my personal preference to be down here with y'all. It is good to be here. It is good to see all of you. Um, greetings in the name of Jesus. I thought, Phil, when you asked me, I thought I was just sharing a little devotional, but is this supposed to be the main uh, word? <laughs> Okay, well, I guess lunch might be a little sooner than y'all thought. Um, well, let's open up with prayer. Father in heaven, we come to you, Jesus. Thank you that you are a good father. Lord, thank you for the encouragement that we've already heard this morning. Just, Lord, in just hearing the gospel and the songs that we sang. Lord, thank you for fellowship, the fellowship of believers. Thank you for the reality that you are, um, Lord Jesus, thank you that you, from, from you and through you, are all things, Lord Jesus, and you invite us into a life of relationship with you, God, of not only having our sins forgiven, but to have our life restored and to be in fellowship with you, to walk with you, to live a life of hope and peace and joy, and no matter what comes, Lord God, you've laid, you've given us your word and God, you are that strong foundation that we heard about, Lord, that if we build our lives on you, Lord, that our house won't fall apart, even though the storms of life beat against it, Lord. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, everything is just, I don't know, flown together really well this morning. Um, just the songs that we sang, we heard the gospel so clearly. 
Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Like the woman at the well, I was seeking for things that wouldn't satisfy. And um, that's what I'm going to talk about this morning. I'm going to open up with John 14. This is one of my favorite chapters. And and growing up, um, both of my, for those of you who know my background, both of my grandfathers were um, Amish. And so because of my family leaving the Amish when I was uh, at a young age, that really caused some rifts in the relationship between my parents and, and their parents, my grandparents. And so um, there was a, a, a couple, Bert and Arlene Cooper. Um, Heidi got to meet them when we were in Michigan here a couple of months ago. And um, they're now in their 80s, but the Lord brought them into my family's life um, shortly after they left the Amish. And Bert, Bert was such a, an encouragement to my dad. It was like a was like a dad to him. And um, this, this guy, this Bert, he is just on fire for the Lord. He's 80 years old. No, more than that. He's almost, he's probably closer to 90 by now. And just the joy of the Lord just flows from his life. He's starting to decline mentally a little bit, but he's still, every time you talk to him, he's just got this smile, and he's lived his whole life for the Lord. It just, it, it's an amazing testimony. Um, but he would read this chapter a lot. So growing up, I, I heard John 14 a lot, and it was really um, a solid rock for me. It says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way. Uh, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And that is so powerful. It makes no sense in our carnal human mind. Like, how is Jesus himself the way? But he is. Um, And that's what I want to talk about. Um, In today's age, there's so much... You know, you look at the movie industry, there is so much emphasis on fantasy, the supernatural, the, you know, science fiction and all this stuff. And it really starts to, it can blur people's minds and what is reality? What is real? You know, and when you start to see, when you, when you come to know the Lord and you start to see that he is the foundation of reality, he created in the beginning God, Right. So his word is the foundation of reality. What is reality? Origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. And the gospel addresses all of those. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I'm just, I'm just going to share the gospel with you this morning. Maybe from a little bit different of a viewpoint, but what is the gospel? Have you ever wondered that? Anybody here wondered? Like, we hear about the gospel all the time, but something like, what really is the gospel? Well, it's the good news. And it's, you know, growing up, it's, it's easy to hear the gospel as just the same old things. Come to Jesus and fix all your problems. It's the same old thing. You're a sinner. You're on your way to hell. You need help. You need Jesus to solve all your problems. The gospel is so much more than that. It's not just come to Jesus to forgive your sins. It's living this life in a relationship with God because this life and all the things it has to offer is completely empty. 
Um, I've heard people say, you know, well, I don't want to come to Jesus because, you know, I don't want to be bored. I, you know, they think living for Christ is a boring life. They want to experience all this, this world has, right? That that's more fun. But look at so many examples set in the Bible. Look at Solomon. He didn't, he didn't keep himself from any pleasure. You know, he just indulged in all of it. And at the end, it was all empty and vanity. And that's how this life is. As humans, one of our greatest fears is the same old thing. We want to have fun in a world where there is more entertainment than ever before. It seems there are more bored people than ever before. How is that? I mean, we have amusement parks, we have movies, we have all these things to do. We've got fast cars, we've got fast motorcycles. I ride a motorcycle, I enjoy it. But still in our, in our heart, in our inner person, there's a, there's a void and there's an emptiness. And we find that living, is, living life in and of itself is completely empty. So eventually, it becomes just living for the next high, just, you know, living for the next buzz, the next thrill. And there is so much more to the gospel than just coming to Jesus, having your sins forgiven, and then just limping on, well, I'm forgiven, but you're still kind of teetering. Um, it's living in a relationship with God. Um, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God. And um, I heard a brother say one time that if scientists looked at that verse, it would explain a whole lot of things. Because a lot of today's modern science disagrees with the Bible, but the Bible doesn't disagree with science. If you look into the Bible and you look at science, there are no contradictions um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Um, let's look at meaning. Uh, Romans For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. And I'll just share briefly on, um, I remember I got saved when I was 11. And, and those, next, those next couple years, I had a really hard time distinguishing between work and life in general and being spiritual, living for God, right? There's like this, you know, you know I'm working on a lawnmower. I'm frustrated because it's not working. And, you know, I'm working on the tractor or whatever. And, and it's, and, you know, I found in my heart, like, Lord, I really just, I want to, I want to live for you. I want, you know, why am I stuck here working on this lawnmower? You know, I, I want to, um, I don't know, lead people to the Lord, and I want to do this and do that. And the Lord spoke to me and said, for from him and through him and to him are all things. That means our everyday life, me replacing the alternator on an old farm all super C, that is bringing glory to God. Because whatever... He gives us to do, and we do it as unto Him. We, we live, you know, He created the trees, He created the grass, He created the sky, He created the mountains. He even created the science that makes a motorcycle. And when I go out and enjoy an afternoon on a motorcycle, that can bring glory to Him. And it, it's not, I'm not trying to carnalize the gospel, I'm just saying, we, you know, there's, um, Christ brings meaning to our lives. And He brings hope. And, and when we share that with other people, um, that's, that's just huge. That brings glory to him. So there's meaning. We go to uh, morality. Ezekiel 
36, verse 26 and 27. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you I will move the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. And when I think of um, morality, you know, God gave us his law. Um, he gave the Ten Commandments to Moses, and he asked them to follow it. This was the principles of God. But there's a much deeper problem plaguing humanity, and that was the sin problem. Um, the heart, the condition of the heart, that when God said, if you eat of this tree, you will surely die, and that was a spiritual death, um, and that carried down through the generations from Adam and Eve, and um, again, here's another, a, a, the reality of life, the reality of the gospel is Jesus addresses this, and through him coming, um, he made a way for God to remove that heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. And the more, what I found in my life is the more I walk with the Lord, the more I, I know Him, the more that reality becomes who I am in Christ. And I don't know about you, but I don't want those things. I don't want to go party and get drunk. I don't want to have no desire for it. Why? Because God has given me a heart of flesh, His heart, um, through the person of Jesus Christ. And so that's morality. And then we have destiny. That is Ephesians 4.30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. For each one of us, if you're in Christ, dear brother, sister, you are sealed unto the day of redemption. There is a security and a rest that you can have in Christ knowing that through this life storms, this isn't the end. This is not it. There's so much more. And, and like John 14 says, do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may also be. And I don't know about you, but I can't wait for that day. Yes, I enjoy this life. I enjoy what all God has given me and all has, he's blessed me with. I enjoy each one of you and the friendships we have. But there's coming a day when we'll put off this earth and all this, these vessels of clay and we'll be brought into the very presence of God. The, this is the reality that I'm talking about, the origin, the meaning, the morality, and the destiny. These four things, we will experience a forever, a perfect beauty and a bliss in the presence of Jesus. And, oh man, that gets me excited. To God be the glory. Jesus is, he's the way, he's the truth, and he is the life. Jesus is truth in a world where it is believed that truth is relevant. Have you ever heard, oh, it's just relative. You know, truth is relative. There's no absolute truth. Well, in saying there's no absolute truth, are you absolutely sure there's no absolute truth? So you're making a self-destructing claim right there. 
Jesus is truth. Um, you know, there, there is relative truth in an earthly sense of, you know, I might, I might like Rocky Road ice cream. You might not like Rocky Road ice cream. So if I ask you, do you like Rocky Road ice cream? No, I like cookies and cream. Okay, well, that's true for you. But for me, I like Rocky Road ice cream. So there's this physical sense of relative truth. But when it comes to the spiritual and who God is, there is an absolute concrete foundation that he is the way, the truth, and the life. He, he is it. Um, there's an allegory... Um, I want to share with, and I'll close with this. Um, so, I'm sure you all are fairly familiar with the Pilgrim's Progress and the story of Christian. Um, there's not as many people familiar with the story of Christiana, um, that's in a, a, his wife in a later allegory. Um, and what I love about this story, so if you all know the story of Christian, he, he, him and, and his companion, Hopeful, they, they wander off the path, and there's a path that looks green. It runs right alongside the straight and narrow that's all rocky and hard at the time. And there's this green path that's running right alongside of it. It's kind of like, um, you know, it's kind of like the easier road, you know. Yes, it's, it's close to Christianity, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty good, um, and it's a whole lot easier to walk. So we're just going to walk that way. So that's what they did. And it got dark. Um, and the next thing they knew, there, it was pitch dark and there was a storm on them. And all of a sudden, they looked for the narrow way and it's gone. They realized it slowly had led them away. And so then they got captured by the, the giant of despair. He locked them up in his dungeon. He beat them. He, he um, got them to, tried to get them to just kill themselves, to just end it. Uh, there's all this doubt and despair, and I think that's what happens when we, when we try to mix the worldly wisdom with the gospel. Um, it just creates all that, that doubt, but then, in, and so then, um, long story short, they, through the key of promise, they escape from the castle, and they get uh, back on the straight and narrow. God delivers them from that, but then in the second allegory, when Christiana comes, her and her four boys, um, their leader, uh, Greatheart, they, they go past this place where Christian had veered off and they go into the castle of doubt and they destroy it. They kill the giant and they destroy the, the castle of doubt and connected... Here's what I, what, what's very interesting because, you know, John Bunyan had this dream, was it the 1600s or so? So this was like, you know, I look at... I mean, I'm sure there was, you know, worldly wisdom and worldly science back then too, but... Today, it's a lot more prevalent. You have the movement of evolution and all these things. And um, so I, I think this dream that, that John Bunyan had was actually very prophetic for today because connected to this castle of doubt was a university. And the origin of the word university is actually unity in diversity. Okay, that's where the word university comes from. And I'm not saying colleges are bad. I'm not saying universities are bad. But there is a worldly wisdom that permeates this culture today and in this university, there was a library, in the allegory, there, there's a library, and it was full of books, of all this worldly wisdom, of all this stuff. And I just want to encourage each of you today, if we give in to worldly wisdom, and we start to allow the enemy to play with our minds and to veer us off of the truth of the foundation of the Word of God... That's exactly where we'll go to. We'll go into the castle of doubt. We'll start to just get beat up 
by the giant of despair. And I see so many people who are walking in that state of mind. It breaks my heart because there's so much truth and light in the gospel, in the word of who Christ is. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And we've got to stick to that. Brother, sister, young people, old people, we've got to stick to that. Um, he is the sure foundation. And um, that's all I have. So have a blessed day. Thank you, Jason, for sharing that. You know, that was that was a lot of uh, that was a lot packed into what 20 minutes or so there. Um, I think you could have preached a whole sermon on each one of those points. Um, very good, uh, a lot in there that uh, really got my mind uh, going and really. Uh, covered what really everything that uh, we need for our, for our lives today and I, I kind of got stuck on uh, when you were sharing about you know what we do in in our everyday life and how all these all the little things big things whatever the things that God gives us are given to us to to enjoy, to see his uh, glory in them. And and my mind went to uh, to Timothy, and I, I knew this verse was, was in there. It was in the closing part of First Timothy in, in the last couple of verses. And... Uh, I wasn't. I hadn't been totally sure of the context of it, but what Paul was telling Timothy was, he said, I, "I want you to tell the rich people." He said, "Tell people that have a lot of things." He said, "God gave you that to enjoy," and he also went on to say to you know to help others to be generous and that kind of thing. And you know, so often you know, it's especially easy if if you don't have much, maybe you're, you're critical of people that do have more or whatever the case may be, but if God has blessed you with whatever he has blessed you with, he has given you that to enjoy and to, to use for, for his glory because he is, he's a good God that cares about all those little things in our life and, and so many things, uh, so many times we we think, oh, you know, we worked hard for this and we're going to enjoy it. Now, God gave it to you. you know, John just bought himself a nice place out in the country and, man, I'm awful jealous of him. I wish I could do that. <laughs> no. God gave you that to enjoy, John. You know, it, it, uh, he does that to, to each one of us. He gives us gifts to enjoy. And, and thank God in, in your daily life, wherever you find yourselves, the little things or the big things, to, to thank him that he cares enough about you to give you those uh, things to enjoy. Now, I know that, that wasn't the essence of your uh, sermon there, but that's, that's kind of where I got hung up and uh, <laughs> what uh, spoke to me there. So thank you, Jason, for sharing.
Um, that does bring it to the close here. I think uh, Papa's out there reeling up some stuff as fast as he can here. It uh, looks pretty good from here, so should be ready shortly. So we'll dismiss, and uh, as soon as that food's ready, we'll be able to eat that. Let's go ahead and stand, and we'll have a closing prayer and a blessing on our meal. Thank you, Father, for this time we've had together here this morning. I thank you for the many ways that you speak to us through the, through the singing, through our testimony, through lessons to the children, through the preaching of your word. And Father, you have done all of that this morning in, in speaking to us. And I pray that we would not take that lightly, but that we would take these things and they would make a difference in our hearts and our lives as we go forward, as we live for you. Thank you that we have this time to fellowship together, and I pray that it would be a time of uh, that would bring honor and glory to your name. Thank you for the food that's been for, provided for us, and we pray your blessing on it. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. <laughs>